just what should you put in your emails for maximum impact and sales, of course, in 2022? Answer coming up shortly. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused show. And if you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method. Could be email, like this month, or SEO, or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month is all about email, and we've already given you two episodes on how to grow your list and dived into the importance of personalization. Well, in this episode, we we're tackling what you should put into your email marketing. With increased competition levels, it's harder than ever before to get your emails open, to get your emails seen, therefore get the attention of your customers and get them to buy. So what should you be sending them to drive sales? That is what my guest is joining us to discuss. So expect all of that, plus some great strategic tips and even some kind of personal development towards the end too, plus a couple of rants, but we don't take those too far. Um, hopefully that's got you interested to, to listen in and hear what we're on about. Uh, we're going to meet today's guest in a moment, but before we do, please do check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online Online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with email marketing expert, Komal Hellyer. Komal really knows her email marketing. She is the VP of marketing at email marketing platform Pure360 and chair of the DMA Email Marketing Council. She's been in marketing for even longer than I have, always focused on helping clients find the best strategy to drive the best possible results. And she's just been named one of 20 email marketing experts you need to follow by MailCon. Hello, Komal. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here and congrats on being named in that list. That's super cool. Thank you. And what an honor. What an amazing list of people as well. It is. Um, I've, I've, I will be, I haven't quite had time to do it yet, but I will be going through it, making sure I'm following all of them and putting them on my wish list for future podcast episodes. Definitely do it. There's, there's some awesome people on them and across the globe as well. Yeah, it's a, it is a top, top notch list. Yeah. Um, we will put a link to that in the in the yes. show notes for yeah, everyone listening. Yeah. Save, save you all disappearing off to try and find that. Um, so, Komal, how did you get into email marketing? How did you end up in this amazing space? Oh, gosh. Well, you will hear from anyone in email, we never set out to be in email. Yeah, that's that's a general that's a general um, consensus from everybody in email. So I started out doing a law degree. I did a law degree at university, hated my last year of my law degree, did it, but um, decided no way am I going to spend another two or three years studying this and came out into um, 
the world of marketing, got myself a, a marketing exec role um, and also supporting a sales team. But I was very lucky in that this was at the time of the dot-com boom. So I was, um, my second job was to sell modems. Remember those things that uh, mm-hmm. where you had to dial up to join the internet? So we, I was selling those and then sort of slowly transitioned into a marketing role and a sales support role and then into email. And really, I was on the media side of email, then moved over to ECRM. So it was a transition where I actually just happened. But I'm loving it. It happened. I say it happened. And, you know, 18 years later, I'm in it. So that's how much I love it. <laughs> As a thing, it grabs you, doesn't it? And then you end up stuck in it forever. I think what's the beauty of email is that there are so many layers to it. So it's not just about sending an email out to your database. There are so many different layers of how to do it well. And my mission is to help marketers do great email marketing because we're still not seeing it. We're not still not seeing the basics from many brands, even the big global brands. So we still have, it's still, it's still a very infant channel and it takes a lot of care to get it right. And I think marketers still need a lot of help doing that. Now, as much as I could quite happily go into ranting about how we're still trying to do the things we were trying to do 20 years in email, which I would thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, that's another podcast, I think. Yeah, I think we should focus on helping the audience be better email marketers. So um, you've recently published Pure360's Email Marketing Content Trends for 2022. I am of the opinion that improving our content is essential for getting cut through and growing our business this year. So how important is the content we're putting out there in email going to be this year? Um, let's set the scene a little bit. Um, actually, I'm running a pre-webinar with Seth Godin in a few days' time. And, you know, Seth talks about his purple cow, how to be remarkable. And really what we are trying to achieve is how do we achieve remarkable marketing but throughout the customer lifecycle And content is absolutely crucial to that and how you um, personalize content, what you're doing with that content, how you're using that content, how you're repurposing that content. And it's absolutely key to delivering a remarkable communications plan um, to your audience and engaging with your audience. So it's key. There are layers to that as well. Excellent. And that's amazing. Congrats on getting Seth Godin organised. Can we put a link to that in the show notes for people who want to go and catch up with it? Absolutely. Very happy to do that. Excellent. I had to do that because half the audience, more than half the audience is going, Seth Godin, how do I get that? How do I get that? So we'll we'll close that leap for everyone so we can fo- focus on, on the, the practical sides of this. So so you said it's about remarkable marketing and building it into the customer lifecycle. We really have got to raise our content game, haven't we? Yeah. And content, um, there's, you know, you have a marketing content strategy, but then throughout your different channels, you need to have the layers of um, your content strategy for each of those different channels. And yes, definitely repurposing them across the channels, but you also need to to define what that content strategy is for your email marketing channel. And um 
They could be from anything from using personalization to create more relevant communications all the way through to user-generated content that you're, you're using your audience to tell your story. Well, I should just say to everyone who's listening, the um, the report we're talking about or, or that we're kind of referencing, we are going to give you the link to go and grab your copy of that too. Yeah. There are one, two, three, four, five key areas within it. User-generated content, content atomization, interactive content, hyper-personalization, and AI optimization, not necessarily in that order. We're going to cover off the kind of what I think and what I've agreed with Kamal are the key areas within this, but we're probably not going to manage to tackle it all in this episode. So I highly recommend going and grabbing a copy of it. But um, Komal, you've mentioned a couple of times the importance of hyper-personalization. So should we start there? What tips have you got around hyper-personalization? Sure. You know, we talk about personalization. It's not just about first name. In fact, you know, first name doesn't really make a huge massive impact on the results of your email campaigns. We're talking about personalization from automations um, that are targeted to how you're behaving on the website, how you're um, behaving throughout your your where you are in the customer lifecycle and so on, not just using demographic data. And you know, personalized emails, they deliver a much higher transactional rate. The conversion rates are much higher. They achieve higher open rates. Um, and actually, the bottom line is that consumers will stop purchasing from brands that are not personalizing. And this is absolutely key. We've got a stat in the report, 63% of consumers will stop buying from brands that use poor personalization tactics. So it's a real business problem. It's a real business issue. Uh, If we're not personalizing, if we're not using our behavioral data or where customers sit in their life cycle with you to personalize, then um, we're, we're missing a trick. And now, what I would say is that the technology that you're using, that e-commerce marketers are using, can deliver all of this. It's not that you need a very expensive piece of tech to be able to do it. The tech is there. It's how do you actually achieve your business goals by delivering on whether it's behavioral targeting, you know, post-purchase, all the way through to um, product recommendations, then, you know, the tools are there for you to be able to do it. It's just about mapping out that journey and mapping out what you want to say to people as and when they come through their buying journey with you. This is one of those areas where it's so easy to do it. And what I think stops us from doing it is working out where to start. Yeah. Or doing what the audience know I end up doing, because I keep admitting to this, rightly or wrongly, which is to create the most complex personalization scheme of work you've ever seen in your life, and then none of it gets built. So where would you recommend you know, somebody who wants to put more personalization into their, into their communications? Where do we start? Do we start with an abandoned cart? Do we start post-purchase? Do we start putting product recommendations in abandoned browse campaigns? Which bit is going to give us the biggest bang for our effort and start getting us the data back to help us build? So for any marketer, I would say you've got to start at your objectives. It's so important to lay out what your marketing objectives are that are fully aligned to your business objectives. Make sure you've got that so you know 
what you need to achieve. That's the first place to start. Then if we were going to just look at the campaigns, my two, you know, no-brainers are Abandoned Basket. If you're not doing an Abandoned Basket, please go and implement just a simple Abandoned Basket. You will be so surprised at how much money you're leaving on the table by not having it. The other place to start really is in the welcome. Lots of brands are doing welcome campaigns and that welcome campaign to them or the welcome email to them is thank you for signing up and here's a 10% off voucher for your first purchase. Cool. Well, just to double, double check here, we're meaning welcome campaign as in email sign up to first purchase. Yes. Cool. So they sign up to your newsletter. Sorry, I'm using email talk and... <laughs> well, it seems seems it's one of the things the, the email industry is split on. Half of them say, wrongly in my opinion, it's from first purchase onwards. Um, and the other half of us get it right and we consider it to be email sign up. Um, and what follows on after that. So I just, just in case anyone's going, where are we putting this? We're talking what you send after the email sign up. So what should we be doing with our welcome? Campaign? Yeah. So this is, this is someone signs up to your newsletter. They haven't purchased um, yet and you're nudging them to make a first purchase. So we all see lots of one emails, um, which is great, but where's the follow on from that? So this really needs to be a series and the most successful welcome emails are actually the welcome campaign, which are over two or three different emails, and then nudging people to make that first purchase. So you, you know, if you map your life cycle, you're saying, right, someone lands on my website, they're in awareness mode, how do I get them into my database? And how do I be able to how am I able to engage with them and convince them to make that first purchase? So you know, the newsletter's there to do that and you're nudging them towards that first purchase, but also then continue on. So then you've got, how do I turn my first purchases into regular purchases? So then you've got, you know, the campaign, the nurture campaign that goes on from there. And you know, we saw probably a few years ago, they don't do it anymore, but Waitrose had a beautiful nurture campaign where they had, I think it was three or four vouchers there's a hundred pounds off your first three or four orders and because they knew that if someone purchases from Waitrose more than two or three times they're going to turn into a loyal customer so they had this data behind them that drove this decisioning and it worked really well um and it I don't see many of those one of the biggest problems for e-commerce brands is right okay they purchased from me once how do I convince them to purchase again? And you've either got a ton of people that are sat on your database that haven't purchased from you before, or they purchased from you once. And those are the two real key areas for you to focus on. How do I turn those first-time purchases into loyal customers? And nudge campaigns are a great way of being able to do that. And if you personalize those nudge campaigns even further with great content that's targeted to Whatever's right for your business, I can't sit here and say that, you know, there is any one way to do it. You've got to know your audience. You've got to know your business um, and you target accordingly. And if you start small and start simple, it's not that hard to do. And the customers will tell you what to do next because you're able to see what's driving sales and where they're clicking. So it, it, it really is one of those areas where starting simple is the solution and use the tech to help you as well because you've you've kind of mentioned already um Comal, but 
product recommendations, dynamic content, this stuff is super easy to put in place now and to automatically put good content in front of people, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I've looked at, I'm speaking to a brand at the moment. It's a small pet brand and they're not doing any personalization, not sending any abandoned car or doing anything, any life cycle marketing at all. And they've been using an email tool for a while. Didn't quite realize that actually their email tool allows them to do all of this work and easily out of the box, easy to do. And I think um, this is so much more accessible to e-commerce marketers now. So, yeah, so much more accessible. Okay, I think I think we've done good on hyper-personalization. So uh, let's try an area which is even easier to put in place. I think, which is user-generated content, which all of you out there who are listening, if you do not have the words capture user-generated content and use across my marketing channels at the top of your marketing strategy this year, you need to add it. Um, so, Kamal, how should we be using this in our in our email marketing in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about four main areas that you can use user-generated content to drive sales, I guess. So first is um, product promotion. Who's better to promote your products than your customers, right? They can provide uh, objective opinions, product shots, opening, you know, TikToks, opening boxes and things like that. And um in a world of Instagram and iPhones and all the technology that's available to consumers, they're great storytellers. They're probably better storytellers than we are as the marketers. Um, they love your brand. So product promotion is a great way to use user-generated content. Then, you know, we're looking at reviews and testimonials. Reviews and testimonials. So why? I think it's got to be the numbers got to be more, but at least 25% of product searches are people looking for reviews and recommendations of the it's it's in the buying cycle. People make a short list of um, products that they might want to purchase and then they go out and do their the next piece of research, um, which is generally around reviews and recommendations. They want to be sure they are making the right decision. So having, you know, having reviews and recommendations, asking your audience, using email to drive, you know, that data is really essential. Now, whether it's on your website or using platforms, it's an such an important part of your strategy. You know, and happy customers entice other other people as well. Um, people buy into lifestyles. They buy into this notion of, of a lifestyle. Um, so when you feature happy customers, this is very enticing. And it's much more relatable than using models. Um, people don't really relate to that anymore. They want to see real people. They want to see authenticity. And this builds um, trust and credibility. And then if we're looking at some kind of behavioral science and maybe not every brand wants to use this, but there's also a trigger of FOMO going on when you're using, you know, when you're seeing happy customers, people want to be like that. Uh, they want to have that same kind of lifestyle. So that's really important. And then user-generated content can be used around building communities. Communities build loyalty. And especially over COVID when People started to feel really disconnected. They're feeling disconnected from 
the world, they're feeling disconnected, maybe even from their, their friends and family. And consumers were really craving some kind of community, a place where they felt like they were with people that were like them. And um, I saw this actually in, I'm going to talk about a particular brand. So Sunday Riley is a beauty brand. Um, they have an online community. It's almost like um, a VIP online community where if you share stuff about their brand, they give you points, but it's all done through Instagram, all through socials, Facebook, Instagram, and so on. And they're sharing stories, um, you're collecting points, and it's just a place where people can come and gather and talk about something that's important to them. And if you have a brand that's able to do that, then take part in that, take part in that conversation, whether that's off you know, up in someone else's space or, you know, an industry space or create that own space for yourself. But use all your channels to bring it all together. Use email to, you know, as part of that strategy to bring it all together. I love user-generated content. I think, you know, we see consumers. I mean, if you look at TikTok, there's so many great storytellers out there and they are probably not marketers. (laughs) For me, it's a no-brainer. It's probably the most powerful content you can create and you don't have to create it yourself. It's like, why why wouldn't you be putting that in all your marketing? Well, look, um, come on, that's been absolutely awesome, the rundown we've done. Guys, we've only talked about two of the areas in the report. So I strongly advise you to go and download it because you will get all the rest of it as well. And it's packed with examples and you can kind of treat it as a little bit of a tick list for your email strategy for this year. Um, We're now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors and then we'll be talking about the wider world of email marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Carmel, so far we've gone deep into email marketing content trends. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole world of email marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with email marketing, which of course includes everything we've already been talking about. So are you ready for these? I am ready. Here we go then. Um, Let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Well, you know, I was thinking about this question because, um, yeah, Chloe, you told me what this question might be. (laughs) Um, I I do think that this goes beyond email. So we're talking about success for you as individuals, as marketers. And I would say, get to know yourself. Who is the work you? Who's the professional you? Who are you? What's your values? What do you stand for? That's so important because that really helps drive your success, your long-term success. But also then know your customer. Really, really important. Put your shoes in, in you know, your put yourself into the shoes of your customer and then know your industry. Know your industry. Network. Make work acquaintances. Volunteer in associations. Um, 
and also get a mentor. If I, you know, if I, one piece of advice for a, a new being is find someone in your industry that's willing to mentor you. And that doesn't have to be someone who is in your workplace. It could be anywhere. And that really is the secret to success. We can apply mark our marketing knowledge and our skill set and expertise. And, you know, that's you'll learn that as you sort of take, go through your career and you learn and experiences. But it's so important to know who you are and what you stand for and what your passions are. So maybe a bit more um, holistic than you were thinking, Chloe. No, I love that. Holistic is good because we so often go straight into the into the tech, but you know, or into individual tactics, but actually going back to the strategic level and even above that, going back to the self-development level is so important to do all this stuff well. Well, look, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? Right. So um, as well as experience, so get involved in as much as you can. Learn from other places within your business. Don't just stay in your marketing role. Go and speak to, you know, the customer success teams. Talk maybe even, to, you know, shadow all the way through the business and really, truly understand all the different nuances of the business. That's one area. And mine, Chloe, you'll know, read, read, read and read again. I mean, you can't stop learning ever. Um, we're never stopping learning. So follow topics on social media, listen to what other people are saying in your network, Talk, look at the case studies, look at the awards, um, you know, that are being won, why are they winning, but also widen your breadth of knowledge. A huge lot of ideas come from outside your current network. And that's where you learn the most, I think, um, and form an opinion. I think it underpins who you are. Even if people don't always agree with you, it doesn't matter. Form an opinion because that's what success looks like as you you stride forward. But you learn. You, you learn from data. You learn from your experiences. But forming that opinion is really important. And then I would say right, give just write. Try a hand at writing because, um, you know, finding a way to be able to write and tell stories, I think, is an essential skill that not many people have and is actually crucial to success. So even if you don't feel confident in it, it's a great thing to just start doing because the more you do of it, the better you'll be at it. I, I do believe that's really important. I agree so much. I think we're going to see a renaissance in copywriting abilities this year. So, yeah get writing, everybody. Uh, now, if someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Oh, do come to pure360.com. There's lots of great um, resources. It's free. And I definitely recommend just also going to different vendors. Probably not really supposed to say that, but there's lots of great free content across all the different um, texts that you're using. So consume as much as you possibly can. I would say also that as um, as marketers, we're really time poor. You know, when when someone's launching a webinar um, and it's a 60 minute webinar, do we have time to sit down and, and listen to them? So be kind to yourself. Don't you know, I've said I've been quite intense, read, write, all these lovely things. Um, but also just be kind to yourself and um that's yeah that I, I would just end with that there's lots of places you could go LinkedIn is a great place even if you're a b2c marketer going on to LinkedIn because there's a great plethora of free content on there 
and you know there's there's the usual sites as well e-consultancy and so on I, I don't really need to name them but um there's content all around you but really understand what it is that you're trying to improve um and that then you know that goes straight back to the why why do you exist and what are you trying to do I love that you say be kind to yourself because I think one of the one of the issues we have in our industry and I'm part of this issue is that we those who are on the supplier side who are the vendors who are the SaaS companies etc need to create content and a lot of that content is absolutely awesome um, and highly worth reading but as the retailer as the brand owner as the marketer you've got to always be filtering you know, which of this content is relevant to me now and think of it in your own agenda, not in the agenda of the person who's sending it to you. Definitely. Which is is so important in terms of being kind to yourself. You know, have a spreadsheet of stuff to read next time we're working on email or next time we're working on Google Ads. And and yeah, you know, and, and in fact the reason why we've why I've organized this podcast in month-long segments is to try and help you avoid that overwhelm, <laughs> to try and make it a bit easier. Cause we're not coming at you with Google ads one week and email the next and Facebook ads the following week. We're giving you a bit of focus time. But anyway. Before I get off on that rant, uh, <laughs> I'm um, loving it, Chloe. Well, you know, it is. It's it's one of those those kind of juxtapositions in the industry. But I said I wouldn't rant on it. Anyone who wants to talk to me about that will continue the debate. Get in contact, but I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, finally, it is crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to twelve months that we should be getting ready for? Ah, oh, this is also a very interesting question. So, um, you know, I think we've got to think about the whole total experience that the customer is getting from you as a brand um we talked about um hyper personalization hyper automation that is driven by data will also be key in 2022 you know we could talk about the metaverse i could talk about ar vr and you know there's some great awesome things out there but um you know that's fine if you're a multi-billion dollar company but actually for the majority of us it's just about being better it's about trying to be as remarkable as we possibly can and get the basics done really well use behavioral science to help drive your campaign strategy as well um understand your consumer so there are some, you know, as we know, we've been here for so many years, um, things don't change that drastically. They're the same basic things that we need to be achieving. But also think about your customer as a whole and all those different channels they're consuming you. Make sure you think about the full end-to-end experience. Excellent answer. Um, Koma, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm from Pure360, pure360.com. You can come and find us there. We're at, on Twitter at Pure360. You can also come and chat to me. I am on LinkedIn. It's Koma Helia. And you can also find me and continue the conversation um, on Twitter at Koma underscore Helia. You're never going to be able to spell that though. Maybe in the links, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. You'll be able to see that right now on the podcast, um, guys. So you can you can find all those spellings. Um, Komal, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been fascinating chatting with you and uh, trying to stay away from our rant topics. Um, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise with us all. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks for having me. 
Loving Komal's take there on, you know, looking after yourself, being kind to yourself, understanding yourself in order to make your marketing better. Um, And loads of great email tips in there as well. As I mentioned, we were picking things out of Pure360's recent email marketing content trends report, uh, which covers five key areas, UGC, content atomization, interactive content, hyper-personalization, and AI optimization. We got deep into UGC and hyper-personalization and kind of flitted around a couple of the others as well. The report itself goes through all of those with breakdowns of tactics and ways in which you can use them with loads of examples in it as well. So I really do recommend looking at it. It's a great report. We'll put the link to that in the show notes for you. You can get those together with everything else we discussed, the full transcript of this episode and more at keepoptimizing.com. There, you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar because as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing this month, I've invited all our specialists back to join us for a live Q&A session. It's going to be your chance to get your questions answered. So head to keepoptimizing.com to find out where and when that's happening or catch the replay uh, and get yourself signed up. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it, then do check out episode 93, the first one in this set of email pieces, where we got into quizzes as a way to grow your email list. And we also touched quite a bit on personalization and how to build out the follow-on sequences from those quizzes. So the welcome campaigns that Comal was talking about too. So that's really going to build on what we've been talking about today. Please also let your fellow marketers know about the show because email is such a huge opportunity and because the whole reason I create this is to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. So please do spread the word. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.